Welcome back, everyone, to Side Cannons. This is, of course, our Wednesday show where we tell some stories with a roll of the dice. Welcome back to Castle Vesper. After a harrowing transformation, Illyria and Igor make it back to the castle simply by the skin of their fangs. They've been accompanied by uh, some people that have become pretty important. This group of school hunters that seems to be everywhere all at once. In addition, they discovered that the forest around Dongreet and the castle is not quite what it seems. They encountered quite a few things, all of them off the castle grounds before they were crossing the river back into the castle grounds, but they discovered a um, uh, a lichen forestry camp, um, sort of a logging operation that clearly had been attacked by the Luca Brusca hunters. Um, there was a Luca Brusca ambush waiting for Illyria and uh, Igor in Dongreet. Maybe they were just in the wrong place at the wrong time, but Certainly, by the time we were organized there, by the time um, the school hunters had come to retrieve us, they had already set up a, an ambush in the forest to try and catch us on the way back to the castle. Hopefully, we were not tracked or pursued in any way. The hunters were very careful. Um, Zed, their leader, and Bella, who we've been interacting with quite a bit, um, we learned a little bit about Duskin in general from them. Uh, Bella was able to explain a bit about Illyria's condition to Igor, and uh, Igor was able to relay a lot of that, and Illyria sort of made a decision in our last session about who they were going to take on as an instructor. They know after what happened, they can't leave Igor in that position again. They know it's not safe for themselves, but, but for Igor, I Igor came out of that really hard, and a lot of that was because, directly because of Illyria's inability to control himself in that state. Kind of a 50-50, whether Illyria would lean toward Chu, because Chu was, you know, clearly very, very werewolf-focused, and being as uh, they are apparently from the same pack, the pack of the Eternal Hunger, um, Illyria was leaning possibly in that direction, but ultimately decided to go with the professionals, or at the very least, the adults on this one, and instead of, instead of succumbing to their more rebellious nature, uh, decided to go ahead and try and make a good impression on Bella and uh, the other instructors, um, Brizzly, etc., to to learn from them how best to control themselves in their lichen state. They were able to complete some quests here, learning a bit about their own condition, and that all went pretty well. It didn't go nearly as well for Igor. Now, Igor, you were able to get Illyria back to the castle all right, and not only Illyria, but also this box for which Illyria was responsible. It's currently safely hidden away in a wall um, that basically only ghosts could get through, and no ghosts really have a reason to move through, so you feel quite confident that it is quite safe right now. 
You can't get to it immediately, but that's a problem for another time. It doesn't matter too much. Um, it's also got the rest of your alchemy supplies back there. Perhaps something to address later, but uh, that will come up when it comes up. Y'all can basically, if you would like, you can decide to uh, try to attend to that today. You had a conversation with Penelli, and uh, Penelli actually read your poem uh, and was able to predict a bit of destiny for you. Something involving the school arena, the athletic field, um, a, a, another ghost, potentially a new rival. Perhaps it didn't make a lot of sense, and Penelli wasn't necessarily convinced that it would come true, but wanted you to see for yourself if anything panned out with it. Now, as you were trying to make this good impression on Penelli, you you found yourself at the end of this quest. You, you had vowed to make a good impression on Penelli and to learn about the Duskin. And these two things, um, well, they didn't go quite as well as any of us could have hoped. As a matter of fact, one of them... One of them went absolutely terribly. Senselessly bad. Um, on a 1% chance of a miss, you were at 9 out of 10 on a 1% chance of a miss, uh, as opposed to a weak hit, you know, a weak hit, uh, you, you had a... At a, a decent, you know, like a, a reasonable chance, but still low. Um, but there was only a 1% chance that you would score a miss to resolve that quest. And by golly, that's what the dice done did. Uh, absolutely unfair, totally preposterous, but this is where we find ourselves. You have to reset your quest to make a good impression on Penelli. We're going to explore what that means here in just a moment, but... As um, as you try to learn about the Duskin, um, you also find yourself sort of stalling. Um, there is more that needs to be done on that quest. You find yourself thinking more and more, Igor, about this as we move on into today's session. snow has begun to melt ever so slightly off of Castle Vesperal. Once again, the burned-out carcass of the castle is revealed, and looking down over this balcony near your dormitory, or bunk room as it might more accurately be described, um, you can see through the crumbling bits of masonry of the pillars and the railings, look down below over the crenellations, you can see that little dark patches of mud are appearing in the midst of the snow. Looking up to the sky, it appears that the storm, this massive deluge of snow, which has kept you pretty well occupied for the past week, um, pretty well 
confined. It looks like it's starting to let up. Certainly, the bunk room is less cold. Uh, you keep the fires lit um, this, between the students and the beaks, and um, you manage to maintain a nice, cozy atmosphere as the windows fog up. Um, the sun goes down, and you wake up for the evening. You find yourself out here looking over the forest. Illyria relayed some of their experience on the way back to the castle. Things happening in the forest with uh, werewolf and werebear forestry operations having been attacked by the Duskin. Um, danger seems to be close to the castle. But you're distracted, Igor. Illyria has been distracted too, and looking over your shoulder, you can probably see Illyria where they get up from bed and uh, start to do some sort of like, you know, just blood moving exercises just to get the, uh, get that winter nighttime <laughs> sludge rolled off their shoulders. Um, uh, Illyria does a few jumps up into the air, um, says a quick hello to Penelli, and heads off into the rest of the castle. Uh, you know where Illyria is headed, but we'll catch up with them in just a moment. Igor, you look back at Penelli, and you think about some of the things that you've learned over this last week. You look down at your palm and back at Penelli. Penelli was able to read something in your future, ostensibly. Who knows if it will come true, but a new nemesis certainly doesn't seem like anything that you need in your life right now. But it's worse than that. You look at your palm and as you look back up, you can see Penelli is looking out through the window at you. Unfortunately, instead of sharing a smile, Penelli's brow knits and she looks away very quickly. Her brows stay furrowed uh, as she quickly leaves the dormitory. When she tried to read something else in the rest of your scars, this lightning pattern that stretches up the side of your body and extends up your neck and just barely streaks across your face into your shattered eye. She saw something. She doesn't seem to have a strong desire to tell you what it is. But it's been strained for you. Not only that, but the things that you've learned with the Duskin seem more and more concerning all the time. This idea that you are stuck here, perhaps, until you resolve something about your legacy, something that you don't necessarily understand yourself yet. Even Illyria has got a better idea of this at the moment. Simply to protect someone. At least that's something to go on, but Igor, as you look out over the forest. You find yourself wondering, what indeed is your legacy? And who is it that Illyria might have to protect? Illyria is wrapped up in their own world right now, suffering from a curse which they can feel every time they 
get a whiff of something and recognize it for what it is, as opposed to before, where they seemed, you know, they, they might have well have been nose blind. Illyria now walks through the halls, um, smelling uh, all of the various scents here and understanding them, being able to tell who's coming before they pass around a corner, uh, being able to hear things in the forest that they never could before. But every time they find themselves understanding more about the world because of those instincts, so too do they find themselves burdened by this curse. The voice of death echoes in their mind. Someone you need to protect. As such, as the two of us attend classes, we are very attentive indeed. Classes begin with Illyria in one and Igor in the other. Igor, you are just coming off of a particularly distracted meditation with uh, Eliza and Terua, um, these ghosts that have helped you to sort of try and process some of the things that you have experienced. You don't know where you would be or what indeed you would be if you had been left to your own devices as a ghost, just left to, in all likelihood, haunt the... Uh, the ruins near the Expeditioner's Camp in the north end of Dawngreet. But now you find yourself able to at least stay present. You can focus on the things that, if you were alive, you would be focused on. Uh, these things like Penelli and uh, Illyria and what your fate is to be. These things uh, you would be distracted from, but you manage to maintain a good sense of focus as you are diligently at least when you're in the castle here and not making plans elsewhere, uh, diligently attending your sessions. Um, the pipe organ swells with music, and uh, as it dies off at the end of this session, you find your way to your first class of the day. It's with a vampire. This vampire is a wielder of magic, and as you make your way to your class, um, you are guided by some of the other students, you manage to get some directions from Terua, and you find yourself in a long hall. Large and dark. Um, it is a perfect place, it would seem, for a vampire indeed. Along the walls, you can see that uh, there are alcoves with cages and uh, iron bars that seem to cut the hall off from the darkness down in these alcoves. You don't know how far or how deep they go, but as the instructor strides in, you see a vampire, very clearly. The group of students here uh, appears to be pretty young. Uh, on the younger end of the student spectrum, um, you get the sense that this is a pretty new class, uh, and this is indeed what Terua instructed you to be a part of. This is some entry-level magic. Magical foundations. Um, this vampire trudges in. They have a cape, a half cape over one shoulder. Um, they have the telltale fangs, of course, and uh, on their 
uh, on their very dark brown skin, uh, you can see that there are no tattoos um, like some of the other vampires that you've seen here. Um, this, I think you started to associate with people who are... Uh, kind of affiliated with the headmistress, these white tattoos, but this vampire does not have them. Um, she stands at the front of the class and her broad shoulders, um, uh, not particularly tall, but her broad shoulders um, sort of sway from side to side uh, as she moves around the class, getting a feel for these new students. She doesn't speak. She just steps among you and makes eye contact with each one as you go. Penelli is here, off in another part of the hall, um, seemingly avoiding you, Igor. And finally, this vampire speaks. Hello, students. My name is Brana. Today we're going to be experimenting. It's going to be very important for us to discover if you have got any talent in this field, isn't it? Well, come up here, let's see what you can do. I would like you to organize yourself into pairs. Because so much of being a mage involves the process of manipulating those forces of life that surround us. I think I would like to see how you react to having a live subject. I am here to mitigate any dangerous circumstances which might present themselves, but nonetheless, try not to hurt one another. Brana swishes back and forth uh, through this hall as uh, the this class divides up into pairs. Igor looks around for any new faces that might be helpful here. After the, after how cold things have been between you and Penelli this last week, after that strange reading, you decide not to approach Penelli. Instead, you look for somebody new. This class is full of quite a few new individuals and uh, looking around, you can see that uh, there are some other folks who don't necessarily have partners already lined up. Unfortunately, uh, no one seems to approach you in your current state. And uh, <laughs> um, you, you can see that there are some folks here who have made friends in ways that you haven't necessarily. You've been so distracted, Igor. Um, and some of the things that Tarua and uh, um, Eliza have been saying to you start to register a little bit. You haven't really been present. You haven't been forgetting yourself and slipping backward into that dark cave that follows you around as a ghost, but you also know that you've been distracted. You have been, you, your your head has been always off in Dawn Greet or where else, um, trying to complete these missions, trying to make sure that if the Wild Stallions return for you, um, they aren't going to be unhappy with what you've done. And you realize that, well, you've, you've tried with Penelli, but other than that, you and Deliria have kind of been keeping your heads down. 
I wonder if this is what it was like for Igor back in back in your gate town, back back in Vistretti. Um, was it the same way for Igor? Was it always was it always kind of hard for Igor to try and put together groups of friends? Um, did it always kind of depend on you know who who came and saved you when you were getting beat up on by somebody you had tried to scam? I think Illyria so far seems like the more outgoing one, the more um, uh, the more extroverted one. But even then, not by much. The two of you have been distracted. You, a little bit like uh, Brana, you start to walk through these uh, these students here, and uh, looking around, you see uh, there are some vampires who don't seem to be linked up with anyone. Um, you see uh, an orc who, she is sort of like looking around. She's got these long braids uh, down the side of her head. Um, she looks very athletic, um, kind of reminds you a little bit of like a younger Bella even. Um, and uh, her sort of neat little tusks come from come up from her lower lip and she sort of like uh, flicks one with a fingernail as she looks around. Um, and uh, she doesn't seem too pr super excited about this. She is maybe a head taller than many of the other students around here and has a an air about her that says, maybe this isn't where I belong today. Maybe I shouldn't be here. But then again, you see that look on a lot of faces. It is, after all, a school for young people. <laughs> you approach this orc. I can tell you, with a strong hit as you approach, you get a sense of relief from this student as you approach her. Um, she is uh, tall, rather than the sort of like bodybuilder physique of Bella, um, this student, this orc, uh, has more of a runner's physique. Uh, definitely, you know, strong and uh, certainly, certainly could, <laughs> could uh, chuck you around, um, but uh, she reminds you a little bit of Illyria. You see on this student's face uh, quite a bit of relief as you approach. She gives this sort of like a sudden like look of recognition, not of you, Igor, as much as just like, oh good, someone has approached me, um, and immediately puts out a hand to introduce herself. Um, she says, Hello, I'm Jolly. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and put that in chat here, Jolly. Um, I think I've heard your name put around before. Uh, you're Igor, yes? <laughs> you seem to have gotten into quite a bit of trouble over the past few weeks. Not that I can blame you. This place can get a little stale when there's no going outside, there's no doing anything down in the athletic fields. That's part of the reason I find myself here. So, um... Are you a mage already then? You hear a as uh, over in one of the corners, um, <laughs> it looks like a uh, a young vampire has like touched something along the wall, one of these uh, one of these bars, and from deep inside this dark alcove, uh, something makes a horrifying arcane noise, um, and Brana from the head of the hall uh, looks up and does a bit of a, a flourish with this half cape that hangs off of one shoulder um, and the noise quiets but 
she does say, If you could please refrain from doing that, I would be very thankful. And then she grins. You'll have your time, I promise. The rest of the class patterns themselves across from one another, um, sort of along the center of this hall. Uh, There is uh, a bit of a quiet as you wait for more instructions from Brana. You can see there is another person that you know, uh, another person from your bunk room. It is a um, uh, an elf vampire boy. Uh, he's got this platinum blonde hair, and he looks down the hall, down his nose, and uh, before more instructions arrive, as you and Jiali sort of stand across from one another, not quite knowing what to do next... You see his lips move ever so slightly, um, and his fingers uh, emerge from his long sleeves and start to wave around in front of him, almost as if he were sort of stirring something with an invisible spoon. And water starts to fall from the ceiling um, in its sort of indoor rainstorm. Directly onto the head of the person standing across from him who... uh, he appears to be very <laughs> frustrated about suddenly being all wet. Um, but the the beak walks over with her half cape sort of swishing behind her. She gives off the aura of a duelist. Um, you could very easily imagine a uh, sort of a, <laughs> a rapier in one hand uh, doing some fencing and witty banter like a musketeer. Um, and uh, she walks over and stands behind this shock blonde student and says very good this is the sort of thing that i mean of course we're all going to have very different entries into the world of magic i i find that something close to you something close to your past something close to your family something close to your bloodline many of these things can offer an entryway into magic um but often others can either stir them in us or we rely on them for some of our deeper talents um and uh, as she says this uh she sort of makes a little marching motion with her fingers uh and you can see her mumbling something under her breath and this student who had just summoned the rain down um he suddenly goes stiff upright, uh, marches out three paces, turns left, marches three paces, turns left again, marches three paces, and uh, turns left again, and snaps to uh, attention back in his original place of standing um, before suddenly sort of like shaking his head and looking up in surprise at Brana. Yes, you'll find that this sort of thing comes quite in handy when you're dealing with a class of students who may or may not be entirely within control of their magical talents. It's a bit easier to cause a student to end their incantation when I myself can cause you to do so. I promise I shall only use it to advance our studies here. Besides, you will know if you have been beset <laughs> by some of my coercive talents. Um, this blonde-haired student sort of glares up at her a little bit, and um, you look back at Gialli. Gialli sort of, like, shrugs at you and uh, concentrates. 
Igor says, Um, I don't think that I'm a mage. Not yet. I just find it interesting. Jelly looks at you. She almost looks angry, almost like she's about to attack, but she stands stuck still, doesn't lean forward, doesn't step forward. Um, just this intense face of concentration. Um, and as she does so, uh, let's see, let's see if uh, what they're able to put out here. Uh, anything interesting? Oh, dang, okay. <laughs> um, you feel nothing at first, Igor. Nothing at all. And then suddenly you feel a little heavier on your feet. Um, you look down and some of these paving stones underneath you, uh, they seem to be shifting and you can almost, you would guess that it was some sort of optical illusion until suddenly over at the other end, Gialli stops glaring at you silently. And with these, you realize she's been shaking and with the <laughs> uh with a scream uh that rings out through the hall um it begins as this sort of grunt you hear her hands sort of shift downward as her shoulders drop and her fists almost seem to be drawn like magnets toward the floor and as these uh, as this the muscles across her shoulder uh flex you can see the ground underneath you is indeed shifting and goes from shifting in a light pattern to suddenly these pillars of stone, which you would have anticipated were simply flat flagstones down beneath your feet, suddenly pillars of stone like the giant's causeway or or something uh, start to shift up and around you. And um, Gialli looks surprised even with herself uh, as Brana rushes over um, and <sighs> Gialli sort of like sways for a moment. Uh, dizzy with the exertion of it and Brana says now this is exactly what I'm looking for someone who can manipulate the natural world a bit you and I are going to have to be very careful with how we proceed here but Gialli I would like to congratulate you this is quite an excellent first showing the space in between the two of you um, is still, you know, these these flagstones have risen up into these pillars around you, and uh, Igor, sort of, you poke your head out from behind one of them and say, well, that was pretty cool. <laughs> um, Jolly, like, can't, doesn't seem to be able to make full eye contact with you. They are so dizzy, and uh, she sort of, like, just smiles in your general direction. Igor, you don't know what you could possibly do here. You try to exert yourself, um, and uh, you look across at Gialli, who continues to sort of sway in place, um, using one of these new stone pillars to steady herself. Um, Brana gives a uh, a pleased wink at Gialli, and then continues to walk around this hall. Um, meanwhile, you are looking at this you know, stone carnage in front of you, thinking like, wow, that went pretty well for her. What on earth can I possibly do? And you get this 
feeling of jealousy, maybe envy. It's hard to tell. Perhaps even a sense that you're not going to be good enough. And I think this is a feeling that may well be familiar to you. You learned how to be what you are, how to be subtle, how to get people to enjoy your company, how to get them to agree to things that you want, or how to avoid their notice altogether. But there were those moments where you couldn't help noticing others, those people who would walk through the gate towns um, with their jewels and their gold on hand, um, walking with groups of servants, being carried even, um, or, or carted along in these grand processions. People who were no older than you and yet had the world at their fingertips. And this feeling that you've had before, this feeling of no matter how hard you try, you won't be there, you won't be them. You remember this feeling. You remember how it changed and your brow creases. You remember how this feeling changed as you suddenly found yourself on an adventure and it didn't matter what the people in the towers had that you didn't, what these rich districts might have owned that you couldn't, that you never would. It didn't matter because you were on your own adventure where your own skills would get you by and with the wild stallions. But you remember the days where that changed, that passage through Craig Carrick and your hearing starts to drop away a little bit. You can't hear what's happening elsewhere in this hall. You focus on Giali, you focus on these stone pillars that emerge from the floor, and you think of yourself back on those ledges, back on those cliffs in Crag Carrick, the passage above the rapids, and you think of the last time you felt power like this coursing through you as your hearing goes entirely deaf off in the distance, you just hear one thing. <coughs> Distant thunder. <coughs> Igor, blue light arcs off of your fingertips and uh, you can see in half of your vision things begin to glow in a bright blue you can see people this electric blue glow comes about them it's a little weaker on the ghosts but Giali um, immediately in front of you glows brightly with this blue energy and you can see off of your scar Something down your shoulder, it just starts to enter your peripheral vision. Down your arm, this blue light passes through your scars, and much in the same way that lightning arcs from above, this this lightning arcs through your scars and out of your scarred fingertips, uh, and arcing from stone pillar to stone pillar, <laughs> arcs across and where Jolly leans on one of these stone pillars, Jolly suddenly, ah! um, 
and uh, suddenly leaps away with shock as this lightning bolt arcs from place to place here. Um, You see Brana, who has been uh, sort of waving this cape back and forth. Suddenly, Brana whips this cape off of her shoulder um, and holds it just down by her side, uh, where it suddenly goes kind of very still. and uh, Brana looks over to you, Igor, and says, Ah, now that is very interesting. Uh, I am going to, I think, release some of the augmentation I've been putting on the room here. Very dangerous to deal in lightning and storms. They are unpredictable, but nevertheless, an excellent show of potential. Igor, I've been hearing some interesting things about you this week, and I'm glad to know that you're interested in pursuing the magical arts. What an exciting class. I think we're going to have some fun here. Jolly and Igor... Um, and uh, she continues to point out a few other students who have made, you know, a significant show for themselves thus far. Um, she asks you to go sit on the steps uh, up into the next room. Um, you just sort of sit and wait as she dons this cape once more uh, and begins to wave it once again. And as she does so, you can feel that there's some sort of uh, kind of magical augmentation happening here in the room. Some some magical amplification to help some of you who might not have their sort of magic, like, under any kind of control, like yourself, to help to kind of call it forward. Um, but uh, being a ghost, you sort of have this sense of aura, and looking into this room, you can see that the auras in this room are amplified and wild. As this cape sort of puts off this lightning blue energy, that's at least how you see it for right now. It begins to fade as you start to lose your strong connection with that, but um, you can definitely see uh, this cape sort of like amplifying the room, helping to get these students in a place where they can exert some of their mage energy for the very first time. You sit down next to Gialli, and you see that Pinelli is still out there in the room. About half of the students have um, made a, a, a show for themselves, whether strong, like you and Gialli, or, uh, you know, something a little bit weaker. Um, there are half of these students who are still here in the room who simply have not made any kind of magical impression yet. Um, You say to Jolly, are you okay? Yes, I I think I'm quite all right. That was incredible, frankly. Um, (laughs) Looking around, uh, Jolly just sort of like gets this kind of grin here and says, much better than a tiny rainstorm from the ceiling, wouldn't you agree? I'm excited. I think that... um, Perhaps the two of us have got some potential here. I wasn't anticipating it necessarily, but, well, it is thrilling. I was thinking about back home, and, well, I miss it quite a bit. And I think after what I did in there, that actually looks a bit more like 
home itself. I think Illyria is trying to sort of wander about the halls, just making good impressions where they can. The moonlight shines into the halls from the various bits of rubble that have crumbled out from the ceilings and walls of the castle as Illyria stalks their prey. Mentors. <laughs> Illyria is looking to make a good impression and as such um, is going to try and resupply here. Um, this resupply is going to be much more in terms of favor than anything else. Um, but my supply, aka my favor, is currently at zero. And so um, I think this is going to be a... This seems like a heart roll to me, but it will work in the same way as a resupply. I should make a. I should just make a decision about it. We're going to call it a heart roll. Okay, here we go. Okay, uh, not great for me. <laughs> Whoa, good lord. Okay, on a miss, uh, I find nothing helpful. Okay. Illyria wanders the halls, looking for, um, looking for Brizzly, the werebore uh, dwarf, looking for Bella, um, the orc hunter, the orc who is a hunter, <laughs> um, uh, even looking for potentially Zed or another professor. But as Illyria continues to wander the halls here, um, Illyria, unfortunately, doesn't see many beaks right now. Now, normally, Illyria would have committed to going to expeditioneering classes. Illyria knows that they're happening outside right now, but when Illyria goes out to just see if she can call, to just see if they can call Brizzly away for a moment, they find Corzon at the head of the class, and Brizzly nowhere in sight. Now, Illyria knows they are not on good terms with Corzon right now, and instead decides to keep looking. It starts to get a little strange, in fact, as Illyria wanders the halls of the castle. Um, Illyria is pretty good at this point uh, with the halls of the castle, having done uh, a, a diligent job trying to mark out the various hallways and uh, corridors on this piece of slate that they carry with them. But all the same, Illyria finds themselves lost. Passing up one of these slanted floors, uh, Illyria manages to look out a window and sees that sort of unexpectedly they have gained altitude by a story or two. And this is when they come across a small door, slightly ajar, and on the other side, voices. These voices 
echo from below as Illyria finds that they are in uh, what looks almost like a choir loft uh, or perhaps a high sort of balcony walkway around the edge of this room. A staff room and... Illyria knows that they are not particularly stealthy and as such is going to stay on the outside of this door, but just barely peeking through, Illyria is able to get a view of just the very top of this room. Unable to see who the voices belong to yet. Now, I don't think that's fair, do you? It is more than fair. We were attacked in the woods. Um, well, sure, but the headmistress is got. Or if, please let me speak for myself. Of course, headmistress. Sister, the attack upon you was regrettable. I admit this, but this. This is an issue that we are well prepared to handle. We have had threats before, and these threats have always encroached upon the secrecy of this school and its mission. Yes, but, Franceliska, you know... You know what could happen if the house discovers this. Discovers just how... Just how tenuous your grasp on secrecy is. House Dahlia has been very loyal for quite some time. Illyria hears grumbling from uh, what sounds like probably Orif. Orif Barsarand, the bone man. Franceliska, the house has supported you for quite some time. They sent us here simply to examine your facilities, to ensure that everything was going according to plan, to ask if you needed any additional resources. And we arrived to find that you are under siege. We're not under siege, it's just some wackos out in the wood. Please be quiet. The voice rises a bit. This has become a great concern to House Dahlia. I'm afraid that we are going to need to assign additional resources to this place and hopefully protect the secrecy that we maintain here in the frontier and elsewhere. I shall endeavor to ensure that there is not a great amount of interference, but Franceliska, surely a small group of clerics is not going to diminish what you try to do here. Indeed, for quite a long time we have endeavored to try and allow for some cross-education between these two places. Not simply the advanced studies, some narrow group of students who show some interest, but to be, to be able to share the mission of House Dahlia with the youth here. At this point, I think Illyria is too curious not to try and uh, uh, take a peek in here. With 
A one shadow. That's a hard miss. You fail or your progress is undermined by a dramatic and costly turn of events. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Illyria. Fascinated by this discussion. This idea of House Dahlia. Um, by this uh, discussion of uh, potentially some other group that has invested something in the school, Illyria begins to poke their head in through this door. And immediately beside the door, Illyria finds that there are additional beaks just listening to the discussion, and Illyria's little head pokes out right in front of the beak Brizzly. This dwarf, um, surprised for just a moment, glares at Illyria and uh, grabs them by the collar. <laughs> hey, wait a second here. All right, hold on. We got a, somebody playing hooky. Come on. You and I gotta get out of here. This ain't for you. Grabbing Illyria by the scruff of the neck, uh, Brizzly takes Illyria out from this hall and the discussion can no longer be heard as the door swiftly closes behind them. Brizzly takes Illyria um, off into uh, other halls of the castle and uh, before long, the two of them are out on a, uh, basically a little courtyard. Um, it is covered over top by shadow glass, but it being night already, uh, not much to worry about there. The two of us are both lichen, and I think the two of us can both sense it in the other. Of course, we know it in, uh, uh, sort of intellectually, but we can both sense it as well. And there is, there is this moment of silent hostility between the two of us. Now, what is it that you think you're going to accomplish by sneaking around the castle? I've already talked to Corazon. He doesn't want you anywhere near the expeditioneering classes. Just what is it you hope to accomplish here at this school if you're not going to be in classes, if you're not going to participate in anything, what is it you hope to gain? Or is this just a home base for some nighttime escapades? Illyria tries to compose himself and says, I don't know what to do anymore. Bradley, I'm sorry. I, I, I really didn't mean to find myself there. I, I heard some things about, um, uh, about uh, House Dahlia and uh, potentially some others being brought here. But I'm trying. 
I really am. I, I'm not sure where to go next. I, I have tried to listen. I, we had something that we had to do for the Wild Stallions, and it's done now. It's over. And did you say the Wild Stallions? Yes. Yes. Brizzly, uh, although being slightly shorter than Illyria, walks over and kind of gets in Illyria's face. <laughs> what is it you had to do for the Wild Stallions? I was just supposed to bring something south for them. A, a, a box, a small box. And then you were supposed to bring it here to school. No, no. I, I just, I was, I was just supposed to bring it south. They were heading north and I was going south and they just wanted me to courier it down to Don Greets and then hand it off. Huh. Okay. You understand that these are dangerous people you're dealing with, right? Yes, I, I do, and that is why I didn't want to betray them after what they did for me. There's always some bad person going to be willing to do something for you. I'm sorry, Professor. I don't know who I am right now. My best, my only friend in the world is dead, and I count myself the luckiest that they are still here. But I don't know who else to turn to. If I were to go home right now, if I were to try and, and, and leave and try to make my way in the world, I know I would hurt someone else, but I couldn't go home. You're... I don't know how they feel about Duskin, where you're from, but they are... They're terrifying. In the Oxbands, before I knew what they... I still find them terrifying. I don't know what I was for the, this last week. I need help, and I, I thought about talking to Chu, another werewolf, but... I want to trust you. I want to be able to trust you. I, I want to get... I want to get the right information. I want to learn about what I am and how I can better control this so that next time I transform, I don't try to take a bite out of my only friend in the world. With a hit, with a twist. I think, I think Illyria fully does slump down against one of these pillars and with nothing else left other than just being afraid Illyria breaks down here I I try to be strong because that's what made me valuable to Igor I'm I'm sure now he would understand but I I'm terrified. I don't know what I can become. And even if I were to talk to Igor about this, he doesn't know it any better than I do. 
I'm different now, and I need to know how. Illyria is shaking, and Brizzly, I think, puts a hand down on Illyria's head. Say no more, Illyria. No, uh, where I'm from. Duskin are just as terrifying to most people as anywhere else. When I got gored by that boar, I, I actually knew it was a lichen at the time. I didn't even bother to go home. I thought I would crawl my way out onto a hillside, someplace I could see the sun. I thought I'd die right there. But I was found. And I got help. And you're gonna get help too? Professor, if you help me, I promise I will be the most dedicated the most dedicated student that you have. I want to be an expeditioner, but I want to use this, this thing that is in me, the wolf in my blood. I want to use it not to cause havoc in towns nearby. I don't want to use it to attack my friends. I want to use it for something better. I want to be able to protect someone with it. I think Brizzly's eyebrow goes up at this, but he doesn't ask. Illyria, um, still shaking a little bit and still teary, says, Where do I need to start? Well, you can come with me. Grizzly starts to lead Illyria away through the castle. And uh, I think before long, we find ourselves in, um, uh, in, in one of the courtyards. The moons are especially bright out here. And with the snow beginning to uh, show some patches of stone in between, Illyria, as the cold kind of bites against their face um just follows brizzly wherever brizzly is willing to take them uh illyria will go because finally illyria has some hope that this might work out that they might be able to get some good information they might be able to get back on a good path here with this werewolf issue that has caused so much trouble brizzly turns and stops and says all right, we're gonna start right here. We got expeditioners out on the parade grounds right now, but this first process, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a little bit more private. I've been talking to the headmistress. I talked to Bella. We've got a pretty good idea that you are you're a member now of the pack. 
The pack of eternal hunger. That makes your moon that one there. Brisley points up into the night sky as the seven moons move in their incomprehensible patterns around the sky and Brisley explains a bit. It's going to be another few weeks for you. You're going to maintain some of these things that feel like instinct now. You're going to be able to smell pretty good. Sense of hearing is probably going to be different. And indeed, as he points up to the sky, Illyria hears very faintly off in the distance, howling in the woods. And what once would have been simply incomprehensible noise, Illyria now recognizes as sorrow. It's not the singing that caused the trees to shatter back when they were being chased. It's not the... It's not the howl of wolves coordinating a hunt. It is wolves, but it's just sorrow. Loss and pain. Illyria gets lost a little bit listening to this howling out in the distance as Brisley continues to explain. Because your last transformation was so recent, we've got some time to work on this. But you're gonna have to work hard. You're gonna have to pay attention. For you, for a wolf, Remember the pack of the eternal hunger. There is something even I am not going to be able to understand. Not really. I'm not going to be able to feel it like you can. That hunger is going to show back up. Maybe it's food. We'll work on hunting. Maybe it's something else. But it's important that we find out what it is before the next time you transform, or you're gonna have to go back in a cage. I don't want that. It delays the learning process. But we gotta find out. Find out what you crave, all right? And start to get used to seeing her face up there. And he nods upward at the moon that he indicated was the one that seems to have so much control over Illyria's fate. You get to know her real well. You can be friends, or you can be enemies. You gotta choose to be friends. And with that, we switch back through the castle back into this long hall where Igor and Gialli sit on the steps here. Um, and down below, we can see that many of the students who weren't able to make an immediate impression are still struggling. One or two have uh, been able to produce some sort of minor effect and uh, sort of... 
maybe begrudgingly taken a seat on the steps. Um, a few have indeed quit in exasperation uh, and stomped past you and Gialli and the other students sitting here on the stairs um, off into other parts of the castle. Um, you, Igor, you and Gialli, um, have uh, been sitting here and I think the two of you... What, what is it you would like to talk about? Um, I know you've mentioned this sort of... Uh, this other student and this this shot this uh, 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 bleach blonde haired student is here and um, uh, he is the one who was able to call down the rain from the ceiling uh, before you and Gialli were able to produce these like really spectacular effects. Um, the the dice for whatever reason they just rolled super high when I rolled my percentages just to see like just how much power were you able to put out on these things and so uh, yeah tally ho. Um, uh, yeah, go ahead and let us let me know who you would like to talk to and what it is you are saying. Um, Pinelli is still out on the floor here, trying to um, <laughs> uh, trying to produce just sort of straining, trying to produce some sort of effect. Um, many of these partners have had to be retraded around, as you know, one half of a pair will end up producing an effect and going to sit on the stairs to wait. Um, um, as you have your conversations here on the stairs, um, up near the top, you hear some s scuffling as uh, <laughs> one of these haunted suits of armor makes another attack. Um, you see it's dragging along uh, what looks to be just a big old piece of chain, um, and it's dragging it along the floor, uh, and it tries to slam it into the staircase, but you and many of the other students have gotten quite accustomed to this at this point. Um, these haunted <laughs> suits of armor attacking. Um, it just slugs the stairs as you dodge out of the way. And then um, Gialli, I think, grabs onto this chain with a couple of other students and just yanks with all their might, um, causing this suit of armor to topple headfirst down the stairs and just crash into a dozen pieces of loose armor uh, into the center of this hall. It's a common enough occurrence. No one really pays much attention to it. Brana, the, the beak, continues to uh, sweep this half cloak back and forth, maybe even more vigorously now, trying to as much as possible, amplify whatever magic might be possible here in the room um, with these remaining students, the ones who have yet to show any real sign of magical talent. Pinelli continues to strain. Um, you can see that uh, her fingers are in front of her, um, uh, woven up into this string that you saw her using to uh, juggle those colorful wooden balls before. Um, just sort of uh, kind of weaving this string back and forth and in and around. Um, and you can see her lips moving as she is quietly um, potentially saying some sort of incantation. But you can definitely notice that there is there's almost a song quality to it. Um, she may well be singing under her breath here. It's hard to tell. Jiali is uh, kind of talking to you absentmindedly about some of the other students. Um, uh, this orc vampire lass seems to have, uh, you know, reacted pretty well to you approaching her. Um, and uh, especially because the two of you made such strong showings magically. Um, 
and uh, is sort of uh, a little bit startled when you get up and start to walk back out into the room. Um, Igor, I think uh, I'm not going to have you roll to try and like evade detection because technically no one ever told you you couldn't stand back up. Um, but uh, I think Prana does sort of look curiously in your direction uh, as you sweep over and find yourself next to Pinelli. You're very quiet. Um, not so quiet as to startle her, but in spite of this, she does not react when you first start to speak. You say quietly to her, Take a deep breath. Feel the auras of magic around you. Believe in yourself. On a weak hit, Penelope doesn't look at you, Igor. You hear this song much more clearly now. She sings it under her breath, and you hear it sounds like uh, something that you recognize. This is uh, a song of the old circus that used to roll through um, roll through town, uh, occasionally would send troops into the towers, uh, and often would do so by the town, the gate town of Vestretti, where you grew up. Um, so you've heard a song like this before. It is a, um, it's kind of an opening song. This is the song that would they would lead a lot of their performances with, and it starts out slow and quiet, and then begins to build up into this feverish pitch. And as she continues to sing under her breath, the song gets louder and it reverberates out throughout this hall and the bits of armor on the floor begin to rattle uh, like jumping beans or um, <laughs> like they are possessed of a life of their own, which often they are, but that's not all. You can see that as this room starts to reverberate with some of this activity, um, it's not just the armor that moves. It is the people as well. These students who have been straining to try and uh, produce some sort of magical effect, uh, you notice many of them begin to sway back and forth in time with one another. Their professor starts to look around the room a little concerned. Uh, this beak, Brana, and Brana looks over to where you are whispering over Pinelli's shoulder, um, and her brow furrows. She sweeps this cape a little bit more slowly, um, trying to amplify the room perhaps a little bit less, and she can feel something beginning to reverberate here. Pinelli still doesn't look at you, but she begins to sing this song louder and louder in this clear voice. Um, uh, it sounds like, uh, I guess, a a real-world equivalent would be sort of a uh, kind of an Irish folk song, um, as it increases in pitch and intensity, and the students on the stairs even begin to sway in time with it and then stand to their feet. And you yourself, Igor, find yourself entranced by this. Your feet start to move of their own accord, and everyone in this room except for Brana begin to dance. 
It's a dance that you don't control, and yet you feel that there is control somewhere in this room, and you look at Penelope as your feet start to carry you away from her, and she looks up at this room, eyebrows still furrowed, still looking with intense concentration, singing to the room at large as her fingers weave in and out of this string. Um, and uh, throughout this room, now suddenly, there are students doing cartwheels and acrobatics that they would not normally be seen to do, ever. Um, and the swell of the music starts to really start to ring in your ears. Um, not only that, but Penelope is starting to walk forward a little bit and the lights in the room seem to dim on everyone but her as this magical effect takes place that almost seems to put her in a spotlight the clothing that she wears this loud vibrant circus clothing begins to make sense as Penelope stands in the center of this spotlight with a ring of students dancing uh, around her and uh, rolling, flipping, cartwheeling uh, in this swimming churn around her. She looks for all the world like a ringleader. Penelope, please stop! And um, Brana once again whips this half cloak off her shoulder and uh, drops it to the floor, at which point all of the students stumble where they are, uh, either stop dancing and sort of look half horrified, uh, many of them falling to their faces, being in the middle of a cartwheel or something, and as you look at Penelope, because you have stopped right in her line of sight, Penelope looks at you once more, breathing heavily, no longer singing the song, hands slack by her side, and she says, Igor, you stay away from me. And she turns and walks up the stairs. Well, that was not what I expected. Brana keeps the cape off for the moment and uh, walks around examining the students, um, noticing that the uh, the pale boy with the bleach blonde hair has unfortunately continued to dance um, seemingly out of his control she performs some incantations and manages to get him to stop um, and once again tells the students who were sitting on the stairs to head over and sit there once again um, and uh, has a quiet discussion with some of the rest of the students ones who remained right before Penelope made her big move here and they are dismissed. Many of these students look very disappointed, but you are in the roughly one half of students that have made a magical impression here and are going to be able to continue your magical studies, potentially. Brana approaches the stairs and 
looks around the students who are sat here. Um, she stops and hangs this cape up on uh, one of the rusted iron uh, kind of uh, candle stands here. Um, doesn't have any lit candles in it, fortunately. Uh, but she hangs it there and crosses her arms in front of her. Brunna seems to be looking for someone, and looking around, you can see that A, she's not finding this person she's looking for, and B, the person who has departed is indeed Penelope. Penelope just straight up left the room. As you watch her try to track down this student that just made an interesting little foray into the world of magic, Igor asks, Was that... Normal magic? Was it normal magic? That is a difficult question to answer. Everyone's magic does manifest in different ways, and it seems that... Penelope's magic is a bit closer to mine. I do hope we can convince her to rejoin the class, but... Igor, perhaps it would be good if... You kept some distance, yes? And she looks at you uh, with uh, a look that says even she isn't quite sure why. It's just sort of a safety precaution as as, as far as she is concerned. Um, but she's interested to find out why. Why is it that Penelope would be so insistent on telling Igor to stay away, which this entire class just heard her loudly say, Um um, you know, why, why would Penelope have said something like that? But also, you know, you were the one right over Penelope's shoulder when this big sort of <laughs> social magic bomb went off in the room. Um, it might be safer, it seems, to keep the two of you apart for right now. Um, Brana begins to explain um, over the course of um, the next, you know, five minutes or so uh, at the end of this hour or two long uh, experience that y'all have just had, kind of an ordeal, frankly, um, begins to explain about uh, where you will be meeting for your next class and uh, what your studies you might expect from them, um, uh, what you can be doing in the meantime, and some of the equipment and supplies you will need to ask for um, uh, or retrieve if you are going to continue your magical studies. Um, you're able to pick all this up pretty well. As she finishes explaining what will be coming next for this class, uh, for this roughly half of the group of students that is going to be advancing, um, you stand up as some of the other students are packing away their things, and uh, Gialli is next to you and approaches you. I'm sorry for so abruptly leaving our conversation. No, it's all right. Um, I do think that I'm a bit surprised, though. <laughs> yes, it seems like the people that are closest to us are the ones who are doing some really interesting things. I'm not much of a dancer, but that was exciting. Jolly sort of, like, grins at you and says, Well, do you have any, any ideas about what happened there? And I mean, like, not a dancer at all. We don't dance much where I come from. Uh, and so I never learned. I, 
I tried for a little while when I was in the towers, but... Well, nothing ever came of it. That's the most coordinated I've ever been. At least, off the field. I'm not really quite sure what happened. Hmm. But he said something to her, and it seemed to work out pretty well. This is going to be an exciting class. Uh, and the two of you head on down the hallway. Igor, you've got a new friend in tow. Gialli, finally someone who... <laughs> Uh, you know, you haven't really, like, um, you, you haven't necessarily <sighs> you've tried to make some friends here before, and it has been tough. Um, forging bonds with folks has been difficult, and uh, I think for right now, maybe we won't even try to forge a bond as much as just sort of see how things go with Gialli. Um yeah, there's a lot that Igor doesn't understand about what happened today, but um, it appears that you will indeed be advancing with your magical studies, and between that and the history that you intend to pursue as well, um, you've had a brief class with uh, Professor Barsarand, Barsarand the Beak. Um, Orif has essentially just sort of laid out class expectations and told you of some things that you're going to need to get in the library. Um, but beyond that, you've got an idea of what you're going to be studying here. The school is finally beginning to make more sense. You're able to focus on being here and being present. You're able to focus on classes, which is something you never expected to find yourself participating in. Looking back at those moments in the gate town of Estretti when you would see those wealthy individuals from different wealthy districts in the towers or even you know wealthy parts of the frontier territories and education was a luxury something that you knew you were going to either make for yourself just simply the education of trial and error with a beaker and a flame or trial and error with lies and cons any education that you got was going to be school of hard knocks um and your professors were going to be failure and consequences. Now, you've got books available to you. They're gonna need to start simple because, well, one of the first things you're gonna need to do is learn how to read. But it's there, you're going to learn how, and now that you're able to focus more on this, you find yourself, I don't know if you're enjoying it, that'll be up to you, but at the very least, you're impressed. This is a real change in your stars. And as much as you felt like it was a real change in your fate to become a ghost, this might be just as important. You meet back up with Illyria, and um, I think Illyria is surprised to find a, a new person in tow. Um, are you going to introduce us? Igor, um, because I think Gialli has been largely sort of like hanging out with you for a, a decent bit of the day um, as the two of you have been, you know, pursuing those books that you are going to need, um, A, for your literary uh, studies and then subsequently for your magical studies. Um, you can see that a lot of these first books um, that you are 
have been assigned are much more in terms of charts and diagrams that are nearly impossible to read, but you start to understand like, okay, some of these are hand gestures. Some of these are uh, material components. Some of these are uh, words that, and incantations that will need to be spoken that you simply have no way to wrap your head around right now. You introduce uh, uh, Gialli to Illyria, uh, and Illyria seems very distracted. Um, certainly, like, willing to make a good impression on um, on Gialli here. Let's find out how good of an impression. Oops, I, I have to re-roll that one because I didn't see what it was before it went down. Um, let me see. Okay, against a 4 and a 7, I've rolled a 2. Unfortunately, my heart, I want to say, is only a 2, so that gets me to a full miss. Illyria is too distracted right now um, to really make a good impression on Gialli. And uh, as I think you notice, Igor, um, Illyria spends a lot of time looking out the windows and uh, kind of swaying back and forth, uh, appears to be taking as much time as possible in the moonlight itself. Um, when they cross little puddles of light coming in from windows, they will pause there and then walk quickly on to the next one, always just a few paces ahead of you and Gialli. Um, Gialli, I think, isn't too, you know, put off by this. Certainly, they're not going to be best friends anytime soon, but um, Gialli just sort of more focused on you, Igor, uh, as Illyria heads back toward the bunk rooms with you, and uh, Gialli heads off toward her own bunk room. And with that, you've made a friend today. You've made a friend. You have understood a bit more about what place you're going to have with this school. And Illyria is here with uh, a bit more information, and certainly a lot more hope. Illyria stops you here in the hallway before we enter the room. Igor, I think I'm going to be all right. I was able to talk to Brisley, and Brisley has agreed to take me on. I, it might be strange for a werewolf to learn under a boar, but he's the beak, and I trust him. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust him. But I heard something strange, Igor. Something about this school and a house, House Dahlia. It didn't sound like a a building. It sounded like people, a, a group of people, and someone associated with the headmistress and her sister, the that that traveler, the one who was able to help the hunters when we were coming through the woods. I didn't tell you about the whole thing, but. You remember those two that came to Dawngreet magically and suddenly, right before all of this happened? She's got the white tattoos like the headmistress, and she travels with that man who also has the white tattoos. They're both vampires, and I think she's the headmistress's sister, but she's coming from House Dahlia, and it sounds like they're pretty concerned about the school. I sort of assumed that we were safe here, but... They don't seem to think so. Igor, it occurs to you, you remember something about a school 
and a house. A house with a capital H. You remember the Dear Diary scrolls that you have been finding around the school. You found two, and they've indicated that there is something dangerous about this house. House Dahlia? Maybe. Maybe there's another house to be concerned about. But clearly, whoever is writing these is terrified that they're going to do something very bad to them once they understand what the writer of these notes has been up to. I've heard talk of these things before. Well, actually, I found some scrolls. Dear Diary, they said, and they talked about something dangerous going on. Someone doing something dangerous and being afraid of what it might mean for the school, but being afraid of what the house might do. I don't know if it's House Dahlia, but it could be. It could be indeed. Okay. Do you think we should tell anyone? If someone's doing something dangerous, what I heard, they're concerned. They think that there might be something dangerous going on nearby. I wonder if it's the werewolves, that the pack of the Eternal Hunger, they're definitely close. When I got bit, that was just off of the castle grounds, and those logging operations, I saw those, they were in the forest, and that was pretty nearby as well. We didn't stray too far north when we were coming back to the castle. Not too far. Whoever they are, they're getting closer. And of course, there's Luca Brusca. There could be a lot of reasons why this school might be less secret than it was before. As Igor and Illyria ponder whether to share this information with others, the sun begins to come up after a long night of introductions and 101s and trying to collect materials for really getting into the meat of what these classes are going to be like. Illyria has not yet been accepted into expeditioneering, but has got plenty to attend to now that they know they're going to be transforming once again very soon. And before then, they have to find out what exactly their hunger is going to do for them, what it's going to cause them to desire. Meanwhile, Igor you found that you do have some connection to magic. Whether you'll be able to bend that into something useful remains to be seen, but at the very least, you'll be getting an education in it. And as the two of us head off to bed as the sun begins to rise, some cheers go up, and Gialli runs back uh, to meet you at your dorm, um, Igor, and says, It's supposed to be quite warm today. It's excellent news. That means we're getting back out into the field. I think we're going to have our first menagerie match coming up. A cheer goes up from all of the athletes here, and it seems like there is an exciting school event coming up. 
We'll find out next week. Seems like athletics are back on the menu, boys. I hope y'all are excited. Um, yeah, when we come back in next week, we're going to get back into the action of this stuff. Um, Army Freedom says, this is fun. First time I've caught live since Harry Potter. So it has been a minute, Army Freedom. Like, more than a year then, I guess. It would have been more than about a year, yeah. Um, it is great to have you back, Army Freedom. Um, y'all... Good to have you here. I am glad you that I'm glad that you enjoyed it today. Um, we have got some things to discuss, some decisions to make here, um, because we've got some some quests to talk about, some vows. Um, I think, I think, it seems sensible that we would talk about those now. Uh, today, um, Illyria has finally found a mentor. Igor has finally found uh, a uh, has finally sort of like found your way into what your life is what the next step in your life is going to be because um, if not a ghostly street urchin who slowly fades and becomes a poltergeist um, what else well seems like academics might be for you um, Orly Rose says I loved this session nobody nearly died <laughs> indeed indeed um, yes, yeah, Sander, fantastic. Have a good one. Uh, we're going to probably do some, some light decision-making here, but um, nothing too much to worry about. Let's talk about our vows before we progress on too much further. We've got um, Igor. Currently, your vows are to avenge your own death. That's a four-star quest. Uh, a two-star quest to make a good impression on Pinelli, and a three-star quest to pursue academics. Um... We also have a... Is there music playing? Oh, there is. It's super quiet. <laughs> um, one, of my, one of my audio tracks got, like, replaced for some reason. I don't know what happened there. But tracks two and six are the same for me. Um, ah, good grief. Okay, folks, I hope you will come back next time uh, as we get into our first menagerie match. Is Illyria going to be allowed to participate? What is it like as these students all sort of gather together for one big sports event? Um, and uh, what sort of relationships are we going to be able to explore here? Because we know Pinelli, Pinelli has gotten to be a very complex relationship for Igor at this point. Um... We're going to find all that out next week. For now, let's talk about our vows. Um, Igor, you have got a four-star vow to avenge your own death, a two-star vow to make a good impression on Pinelli, and a three-star vow to pursue academics. Now, some things came up here. Um, 
on uh, there was like an eight and a nine. Um, for whatever reason, your your uh, vow to make a good impression on Pinelli, it was crazy difficult. And right now, you are only at one out of ten progress for all of these. Um, let's see if you've progressed on any of them. First of all, uh, avenging your own death. I don't think so on this one. Uh, making a good impression on Pinelli. I'm gonna be more generous. I'm trying to be more generous about this. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say your intent was good, and maybe that will work. Maybe it won't, but I'm gonna say at least you've made an impression on Pinelli. Uh, and then pursuing academics, absolutely you've made progress. So that is going to get you another tick mark. Yes, absolutely, Marinfair. Hundred percent, you progress with academics. Um, now there was one complication. When it came to the history of Duskin, when you fulfilled your value, you got a weak hit. Um, there's more to be done. Envision what you discover and then mark your experience. Uh, you may swear an iron vow to set things right. If you do, add plus one. Y'all wanted to y'all wanted to try this, um, I believe, in the Discord vote. And so my question is to you, um, essentially, what is it that you would like to focus on when it comes to understanding the history of Duskin? Do you want to? Do you want to set a new vow and uh, sort of like dig in further to understand the history of Duskin uh, and sort of their place in the world? Um, of course, you're pursuing academics, right? So you're going to have like history classes. But did you want to make this a vow? Um, uh, because you could you could make a vow to like investigate the history of Duskin even further or deeper. Um, you could investigate a specific group of Duskin. You know, you might decide to investigate uh you know you want to learn more about ghosts specifically or lichen or vampires or the vampire houses or lichen clans any specific one you would like to jump in on anything we can talk about uh orly rose says i also think keeping quiet about what went on with pinelli um uh that might be impressive so Um. Oh, to make a good impression. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I have. Um. I have marked some some progress for that one. Certainly. Um. If uh, if the roll had come up a little bit better, I might have given you two progress. But unfortunately, I rolled individually. I rolled for how powerful it was going to be, and she rolled a ninety-eight out of a hundred. Um. And then I rolled to sort of see like what impact would you have on her, and that one unfortunately was a. It was a, just a weak hit. Well, with the resources here, I think digging in would be good, says Orly Rose. Yeah, so I'll, I'll let y'all decide, and maybe we can talk about this in Discord as well. Um, because we've got some people who are heading out right now. Let me go ahead, Realms of Recetus. Uh, what do we want to learn? Or I should say, what does Igor want to study? regarding the history of Duskin. One. It's gonna be, really? What's going on here? Zero one? What is that, a one piece? That's not what I need. Good grief. What the heck? Okay. One. 
Uh, Duskin in general. Two. Uh, vampires. Houses, etc. Three. Uh, lichen. Clans, etc. Or four. Ghosts. Your history, maybe even Pinelli's. Uh, Orly Rose says, also, talking to actual Duskin in their experiences, are there places slash people who are more open? What goes on under the surface? What it's really like, etc.? So not just class learning, but personal pursuit. Yeah, if at any point y'all want to do that, I'm going to try and develop a more formal system for deciding, like, are you going to go to class or are you going to try and pursue some personal project today? Because um, I think that'll be, that'll be interesting. Okay. So we've got this vow coming up. Uh, let's see. Tabletop RPGs. Make sure that's in there, and give me a chance to react. One, one, ah, one, okay, here we go, two, Three. Uh, and if y'all would like to know where this is happening, you can go ahead and use the links command and that will take you over to the Discord at any time. Um, links, there we go. Uh, you're gonna wanna head over to the Discord if you would like to explore a little bit about how this all works uh, and join in on some of the other stuff that we get up to during our week. You can use the play command and that will tell you specifically about this show. Uh, the play command or the lore command will take you to some of the spots with our uh, information. We have got the uh, wiki, recedus.fandom.com, which includes a lot of information about the world that we're playing in, um, the realms of Recedus, the towers, the frontier, etc. Uh, and then we've got the Lore Keeper's Tome, which includes things like maps and um, uh, uh, and the character sheets and other resources uh, for when we talk about, you know, character advancement, that kind of stuff. So, there's all that. Um, I think we will decide over in Discord what this next, uh, this next vow is going to be, uh, this next... Uh, you know, educational vow. Um, but yeah, avenging your own death, making a good impression on Pinelli, pursuing academics, uh, and then this other vow to sort of dig in a little further on some of this Duskin history. Illyria, meanwhile, Illyria uh, has got a quest to return to Brackwater, ready to settle down. I don't think I've made any progress on that today. Uh, study under a Lycan mentor. I did it, gang! I made some progress! I did it! I did it! Thank goodness, too, um, because, uh, yeah, well, I was pretty worried about that one. Um, discover the truth of the underbrush. That one has not come up. Uh, and then pursue expeditioneering. And that one also, I believe, uh, I have made no progress on. I certainly have not managed to increase my supply at all. I just heard a, I just heard a rough conversation. Um, Y'all, 
I hope you've enjoyed today. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we need to attend to before the end here, and I don't think that there is. Are there any questions that y'all have? Uh, we were able to wrap things up fairly quickly today, and so I just want to give y'all a chance. If you've got any questions about the world that we're playing in, um, if we have got any... Um, uh, any ideas that we want to talk about for the characters that we're running right now? Um, you know, general questions about the school uh, or the grounds or the people here. Um, I can do kind of a... I'll, I'll also do a quick recap here while y'all are... If y'all have any questions, please put those in chat. But while you're doing that, I'm going to kind of put a quick recap on the people that you have met so far. Uh, and what things are sort of... You know, what you know about them. Um... Orly Rose says Sam is happy he made progress. I certainly am. And uh, yeah, Army Freedom, <laughs> I'm glad you were able to join us today. Um, uh, and uh, Van, I don't know if you're still in here, but uh, if you're still lurking around, I hope you enjoyed. Uh, and thank you, of course, to all of our folks who have like gotten in and played this sucker. Orly Rose and uh, Marinvare and Gems uh, and Sander and Army Freedom. Y'all, thank you a ton. Um, all right, let's take a look as y'all go ahead and let me know in chat if you've got any questions about what's going on um, or just about the world at large, please let me know. Here's some of our breakdown. We've got uh, Madame Franceliska. She is the headmistress uh, of the school and she is a vampire. She's got the white tattoos, uh, which she shares with someone that we have discovered is her sister. Um, this person from the house, uh, sent by House Dahlia, it would seem, uh, along with a companion, likely a bodyguard, but he's also got these white tattoos, um, sort of, um, uh, what are they called? These mandala-style uh, tattoos, but glowing white. And uh, Madame Franceliska, obviously, is the headmistress of this school, appears to have some relationship with uh, House Dahlia as well. Um, or if Barsarand, Orif is uh, another vampire. Uh, a beak here at the school teaches history, uh, it would seem. Um, we have got Penelli. Penelli is a ghost girl, and you've had a complex relationship with Penelli thus far. You've tried to make a good impression, but every time you do so, it seems like something goes a little bit wrong. And now Penelli has just flat out told you, Igor, to stay away. We've got Chu, C-H-I-U, um, who is a werewolf and kind of the head of a school pack here. Um, this little pack of werewolves and has indicated to, well, both of us that Illyria is now part of the same pack as they are, the pack of the eternal hunger. What this means, how this is going to manifest, we don't know, but Chu just seems to be endlessly and um, I think if you were to ask either of our characters a little a little bit antagonistically excited about everything going on with Illyria. We've got Tarua. Um, she is an upperclassman. She is uh, a ghost and sort of um, uh, a little bit of like an academic advisor almost. Um, she has helped uh, to sort of direct us to our classes, um, tell tell us which people we should try to get linked up with because this school is not exactly like strong on administration. Um, we've got Corzon, who is pretty actively unhappy with Illyria. Uh, Corzon is a uh, a lichen of some sort. We don't know precisely which sort yet. Sam does, but Illyria and Igor don't. Um, and uh, is an, an upperclassman, sort of uh, part of the expeditioneering uh, uh, classes and uh, expeditioning program. 
and is pretty unhappy with Illyria, just in a general sense. Um, uh, let's see, some other people we haven't spent a ton of time with. Um, uh, and then there's Jali, who's a new friend of Igor's. Uh, Brizzly, who is a, uh, a werebore beak. Um, he is a dwarf and a werebore and uh, sort of seems to be the head of the expeditioneering program. Um, and then uh, quite a few, uh, you know, teachers that we have sort of come across but not really spent any time with. Uh, and then we have got Zed, Bella, um, Zed and Bella are the ones that we've really spent time with. These are school hunters that we have spent a little bit of time with. Um, but Zed is sort of their leader. Uh, he wears the hat studded with the uh, animal teeth. And then Bella, who is the uh, absolutely yoked orc woman. Um, let's see who else. Uh, I will remind you. Uh, so Madame Franceliska's sister's name is Rainia. Uh, and she is traveling with a bodyguard named Dunley. D-U-N-L-E-I-G-H. Um, and then we've got some people from back in town. Um, we've got uh, uh, Vyomir, old Vyomir, uh, who runs the general store. And uh, we've got uh, Rustoff and Shara. They are, Rustoff is sort of the ancient cleric at the Temple of the Broken Throne. And Shara is an acolyte at that same temple. Um, and then we've got this mysterious individual who apparently knows old Vyomir, um, this were-tiger that showed up when we first got bit, and we have not seen them since. That, I think, is most of the people that we have met. And then, of course, there's, like, Captain Vars of the, um, of the town guard. There is Marashek, who is the, uh, gold-eyed student with the gold armband that we've run across a few times. Um, Maroles is the name of the student in the wheelchair um, that we share a bunk room with. And then, you know, we've got some people that I think we fully have not met yet. Um, uh, and then... Oh, yeah, one more. Uh, a new beak today, Brana. Uh, Brana is, uh, is a vampire and she is a teacher of magic, sort of the introductory levels of magic here. Um, and Army Freedom says, can you give me the cliff notes from the beginning until now? I've missed important plot points. Absolutely, Army Freedom. Igor is from a gate town on the southern edge of the uh, uh, Resetus Towers. Let me go ahead and grab a map of that. So um, Igor is from the gate town of Vistretti, which is right here. Uh, on the southern end of the towers, one of the, this sort of southern tip here. And Igor has managed to make his way um, over to the uh, over to the wilderness, sort of to the the shallow frontier um, up here to the eastern side of the towers. Um, we're not deep in the frontier. We're pretty, you know, relatively close to uh, the towers themselves, but uh, still a day or two journey away um, because the towers are absolutely massive. So even though it looks like we're super close, there's still quite a bit of traveling to be done. Uh, I guess unless you came by boat, but people don't really um, because of those Delta swamplands uh, up above. Meanwhile, Illyria is from up in the north, um, a place called the Oxbens, sort of to the northeast, um, uh, a large territory that sort of begins to get real wild, definitely delving into deeper frontier territory out there, um, and uh, has come down south. And the two of us met via a frontier gang called the Wild Stallions. Um, they gave each of us a bit of a task to do. Igor was supposed to kind of K 
case the town of Dongreet, uh, and that's why we found ourselves there. And Illyria was supposed to bring a package, this little box, uh, south um, uh, as they as they traveled, and then pass it off to uh, more wild stallions when they came to pick it up. We hung out in Dongreet for a while, and uh, we were pretty well on our way to having gotten the whole joint cased. We were having, frankly, a good time. We are likely the best friends that either one of us has ever had. Um, and uh, just being here, living off the uh, <laughs> the 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 living off the the land a bit, but mostly living off of the kindness of strangers or whatever we could steal or scrounge in the expeditioners camp. Um, we lived here fairly happily for a month or two, um, and then hunters came into town, and not just any hunters, but they hunt with these rune-etched weapons that glow like uh, embers from a fire. Um, and we find that these hunters are called Lucabrusca. Uh, these Lucabrusca hunters are Duskin hunters, and they are here in Dongreet. After uh, we have a bit of a run-in with them, we manage to escape, but later that night, uh, someone kills Igor. Illyria is lost for a few days until suddenly Igor reappears as a ghost. Um, and at almost exactly the same time, we are chased through the forest by um, wolves, but wolves wearing like armbands and scarves. And uh, Illyria gets bit and bit very severely. At this point, we have been we, we are found by um, a, a couple of mysterious individuals. Yes, but uh, ultimately found by a group that bring us up to this ruined castle. Uh, in the forest near uh, on a on a tall hill in the forest near Dongreet, um, sort of overlooking it. It's hard to see from Dongreet, but Dongreet with its lights and stuff at night can be seen from the castle. Um, this burned out carcass of an old ruin actually turns out to be an active school, and it is a secret school for Duskin. Um, Duskin being vampires, uh, ghosts, lichen like werewolves, etc. You know, these folks who have uh, often no place else to go or else they simply become, you know, hunters and uh, terrors to the world around them. Um, Igor and Illyria don't know much about this. We simply end up at school and... Uh, Although we have not made a good impression for ourselves because we've spent a lot of time, we had to sneak out a few times to try and complete our missions from the wild stallions and then, you know, we got caught doing that. That was a whole nightmare um, because that was Illyria's first transformation. We are finally back at school, ready to actually get into the life of school and try to put the wild stallions behind us, at least until they show up again, asking how our missions went. Asking where's the box, asking what information Igor has for them uh, regarding Dongreet, and whether or not we are going to be, you know, trying to complete those missions. Um, because Igor had a pretty stern conversation with the headmistress about uh, sort of what it means to be helping someone like the Wild Stallions. Right now, um, we have got uh, a couple of important relationships kind of up in the air. Um, Igor has been trying to be friends with Penelope for quite some time now, but Penelope seems to see something in Igor or something about Igor makes her react, and it's been kind of negative, um, especially since a sort of a palm reading that Penelope gave to Igor um, a few sessions ago. It seems like she saw something there that she didn't like, but 
you've been warned that coming up very soon, um, and I will remind you, it was at the school arena, which is where athletic events are going to be held. Um, there might be a new nemesis in your future. Certainly not something you need right now. Meanwhile, Illyria has been trying to... <sighs> has been reeling from the damage that they were able to cause um, as a werewolf and wishes to find a mentor. They were on the fence deciding between, uh, you know, siding up with, just joining up with Chu and her gang or uh, trying to consult the the adults here, the Beaks. And um, ultimately they decided to go with the Beaks, but continue to have trouble, like making a good impression on anyone, trying to convince anyone that they are going to be worthy of, of, of um, you know, really taking under their wing. But finally, um, they have some really good luck. And with Brizzly, who is the head of the expeditioneering program, um, he's a werebore and he agrees he is going to help guide Illyria through this. And that's where we're at. That is where we're at, folks. I want to thank you all very, very much for joining me. Um, thank you so much for being here and for helping me to jump in with uh, Castle Vesperal, um, for being willing to, you know, try some of these things that are new for some folks. And, you know, it's definitely a strange way to run a campaign, definitely a strange method of streaming, but I've had a lot of fun with it so far. Um, next week, we're going to be up there in that, uh, <laughs> uh, up there in that arena. Um, I hope y'all are excited. I certainly am. Uh, you're very welcome, Army Freedom. And now, folks, I want to thank you, Marin Fair, Army Freedom, Gems, Orly Rose, um, uh, Sander, anyone else who has been in here today. Um, and I think... Let's see if there's anyone to uh, to read on over to. It looks like uh, Darby, who was on earlier today, is now done. So I guess no raid today. That's all right. Everybody, it's been an absolute blast. Uh, if you want to find out more about this, uh, this little experiment we're doing, go ahead and use the play command. If you want to find out more about sidecar stories in general, go ahead and head over to Discord. You can follow the links that have popped up there in the link tree. Um, and folks... I'm looking forward to next week because that's when we're going to be introducing some of our PCs named after people that we know. It's going to be a fun time. Head on over to Discord. We've got a vote in there right now for stuff about Igor. Get on over there. I'll see you soon, and then I'll see you tomorrow for The Hunger Games. Bye-bye, folks.